Hello and welcome to ADHD Fest, the podcast that's all about adult ADHD with a little bit of spirituality thrown in there too. We tend to sway a little bit towards the law of attraction way, but everything's game. Here we are anyway, it's a new week. I'm apologising now in case you can hear my muffled style voice. I've got a cold, as we all have. We've all had the cough, the cold, haven't we? It's just like, it's basically now joined the small talk world where it used to be, oh, the weather, are you going on holiday? How are the kids? And I was like, have you had that same cold? Yeah, I've had that cold. Speaking of that, going off on a tangent because I'm allowed, because this is my podcast. Does anyone else hate small talk? I don't know whether that's an ADHD thing or a neurodiverse thing, but I've had a few of my friends, even the neurotypical ones, that say they also hate small talk, but I hate it with a passion. I'm quite good at it now because I realise the trick to it, if you want to know, is just to ask the other person questions. Have some questions in your back pocket that are general, like, are you going on holiday? How are the kids? Things like that. And then once you give someone that platform to speak, usually they're nervous too and can't think of anything, so they are glad to have a question to answer. In fact, I know I'm glad to have a question to answer when someone asks me that and I can't think of anything to say. So there's just a little extra tip for you. Now, on to this week's pod. The, I don't know what I'm going to name it yet, so it'll be a surprise for all of us, but I want to talk about one of the most important things for entrepreneurs and why that thing is so elusive to those of us entrepreneurs with ADHD that one thing is consistency and how can we get around that because it definitely does all the self-help books tell us it makes all the difference in the world whether your business will be successful or not and so it kind of put me in a box before I was diagnosed I knew I had a problem with consistency I really wanted to be an entrepreneur and I just thought unless I can become consistent it's never going to happen so I kept banging my head against that brick wall and trying and trying and trying not realizing I had ADHD which made it very very difficult so is there a way around this okay first time first of all I want to share a stat with you that I can't really fully stand behind because I searched this statistic and about 40 different answers came back. But the one that came up most often is that people with ADHD are three times more likely to go on to own their own business. And that's why I thought it would be relevant today to do a podcast about entrepreneurship because I know we're not all entrepreneurs. But again, you can use this podcast. It's generally about consistency and I know you're an entrepreneur of your own house. We're entrepreneurs every day, even if you are a PAYE person, it doesn't mean you can't use these skills too. So yeah, we're like three times more likely to go on to own our own business. And I have, all, I grew up, both my parents were freelancers. I've not grown up in that world where people are in the corporate nine to five. So it seems alien to me anyway. So I never questioned the fact that I didn't fancy a nine to five. I was a dancer, I was a performer. It was just never on my radar to go into that. I did do one traditional job for a year. I worked for a company. I won't say the name of the company because I don't know legally how much I'm allowed to say. But I worked for a company, quite a big one, with a head office near me in Leeds. And I worked as a receptionist for a year there. So I was PAYE full-blown. And it was absolutely just a lovely company to work for. But I hated my life with a passion. It was nothing to do with them. It was nothing to do with the job. It was everything to do with me. I just needed to work for myself. And I spent my breaks. I spent any 
downtime planning my own business. And the whole time I was there, I was trying to take tips for how they ran their business, for how mine was going to go. And I planned it out to the nth degree. And that was six years ago now. And have I used any of that information? No, I have not. I've had several businesses since that time with some semi-success. You're currently listening to my current business, which is this ADHD Fest, which I'm actually really enjoying and I feel like is sticking, but I'm going to touch wood. So we're three times more likely to go into our own business. And I think that's just due to a lot of things. It really suits us. The fact that we have hyper-focus, which means when we find something new and novel, we're really going to get stuck into it and we're going to do it in depth. We can learn how to do a million things very quickly with a classic jack-of-all-trades. Or actually, I like to say with a master of all trades because we get it to that level. We're perfectionists. Once we're interested in something... I've picked up lately crochet. I am fully into it. I want to know how to do all the complex things straight away. We've got that hyper focus. We're also very innovative. We think outside the box, which I always heard people say about others. And I never understood what it meant. I was like, what is outside the box? But I actually think it's because I I naturally think outside the box. So you don't really notice it in yourself. It's just the way you think. But yeah, we're out of the box thinkers. So we're really innovative and come up with great solutions and ideas. We love new ideas and we love to experiment. We're also really proactive, which I know sometimes we're not because we get ADHD paralysis, but when we're excited about something, we act really quickly and we're risk takers, which means we're happy to take a gamble and commit time and effort and money, even though there's a potential loss, which, you know, doesn't always pay off, but it is important in business to take risks, usually calculated risks. But not everyone is that person. Some people like the safety of not having to take those risks and leave them to other people. We don't have that issue. Flip that on its head, that last point of risk-taking can also mean having a business isn't great for us or it can go wrong because the potential loss doesn't always work out well and we can make mistakes, especially myself. I find it really hard to make decisions and sometimes I leave it, leave it, leave it and then I just think, oh, I'm just going to pick one and I just pick it and it's based on nothing. You can, you've got a 50-50 chance. Sometimes it's like the best gamble ever and everyone thinks you're a genius. Or sometimes it just all goes to SHIT and everyone thinks you're a moron. That's why it doesn't suit us in that way. We also have unpredictable energy levels. I struggle with this a lot. I am inattentive ADHD, so I don't want to speak to everyone, uh, speak for everyone, sorry. Because I know those with hyperactivity style ADHD may have a lot more energy than I do but I tend to either be a million miles an hour or I don't move at all I'm a snail I'm a sloth and that's really unpredictable for me so I have no idea when it's coming when that burst of energy is going to come and when that sloth period is going to come and whichever one I'm in I tend to believe they're going to last forever I don't know about you but why do I kid myself? Why do we kid ourselves that it's, oh, this is the new me and it's going to last forever and it never does. And then we go into the opposite side of it. Maybe we're more sloth-like and I'm like, oh no, this is going to last forever. I'm never going to have any energy. So yeah, that unpredictable energy is actually something that really contributes to the lack of consistency. It's much harder to motivate yourself on certain days and you never know when it's going to be. I have done an earlier podcast, if you can have a listen to that on cyclical living. I go into more depth on patterns and following your patterns and making it a little bit more predictable, which I have done in the last few months and it has helped a lot. 
We also put off difficult tasks. In particular, I have to do my own tax every year. I say I have to do my own. I do have an accountant, but I have to provide her with the forms. And sometimes it's literally just signing them and sending them off and I put it off and I don't know why. And it's in the back of your mind and it's so annoying. Well, I do know why, it's ADHD. That can also contribute to our lack of consistency. We forget appointments. <laughs> which doesn't help when you own your own business because unless you can work appointments around you and everyone comes to you, that would be great. All of these things contribute to the main issue of a lack of consistency. Pre-diagnosis, I read 100 million bazillion self-help books. I'm still reading them now, but obviously with a slightly different mindset and outlook. Um, but I was heavily into it. I was heavily into if I can just get myself to be the best I can possibly be, I will be consistent. I'll be successful. I'll crack the code. And in every single one of them books, there's such a theme for the neurotypicals of consistency is key. Consistency is key. And it's repeated over and over in different words, but they basically hammer home. It's the number one thing. It's works over talent and hard work, consistently putting your business out there, consistently putting the work in, even if it's subpar, will beat the person that is amazingly talented, that is inconsistent. Consistency, we're told, builds trust with your audience if you are a public brand. It also builds trust, I think, with yourself. And that's what I've found hardest post-diagnosis yeah, I found it really hard to work out, well, how do I trust myself? If I commit to something and say I'm going to do it, how do I trust myself that I'm going to actually do it? It's never worked out for me before. So we're going to get to that. So building that trust with yourself comes from the consistency too. And without it, there's a lack of self-trust. <laughs> it creates a lot of doubt, fear. And I also believe that's where a lot of the imposter syndrome comes from because, as I say, we are the masters of all trades and we get really, really good at stuff. So a lot of people encourage us and they're like, oh my God, you're amazing, you're great at this. And then we wake up one day with no energy and we can't do it the same and we get that imposter syndrome of, oh wow, everyone's put me on this pedestal. They think I'm amazing and I'm actually not, I'm a complete fraud. So I think that's where a lot of it comes from. To combat this, because that's been very doom and gloom for like the last 10 minutes, <laughs> I want to say that there is hope. You do need to, on some level, go through a grieving process. Sorry, I can hear my husband laughing in the background. Hopefully that's not picking up on the mic. Yeah, I think we do have to go through a grieving process of we are never going to be that consistent person. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's really, really hard when you have an issue that deals with dopamine, which deals directly with your motivation. You know, we like novelty, we like excitement, and it's really hard, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you are dividing your own time. You are, we want to be the boss. We want to do what we want to do. We don't want to be told what to do, but when no one is telling us what to do, that means we've got to self-motivate. I do think you have to go through acceptance and accept that I go to a brilliant therapist and she did. She didn't offer me any um, consolation. She wasn't like, it's okay. You're great in other ways or anything. She was just like, yeah, that's ADHD. You can't be consistent. And I was just like, oh, well, how am I going to live my life? How am I going to be this entrepreneur that I want to be? And I had a good cry about it. And then 
after a while, I can't remember whether she asked me or I came across it in Denise Duffield Thomas um, content, but I just started asking myself, does that mean I have to give up my business? Does that mean I can't be an entrepreneur? Does that mean I have to go and get a nine to five job? Does that mean, I'm, or maybe not nine to five, but do I have to go and work for someone else? And then I just thought to myself, no, it doesn't mean that. I have had businesses with some success. They haven't been top million dollar amazing businesses, but I've had success. I've made money doing them. I can have a business. And then I was thinking, actually, could I make a big business without being consistent? And then that's when I got to um, Denise Duffield Thomas's book, Chillpreneur. I think it's now been renamed Chill and Prosper. It's an absolutely excellent book. Denise was also diagnosed late and she has built a multi-million dollar business with ADHD and she's got a great podcast as well under the name Chill and Prosper but I think she went through a work week at one point and she hardly works <laughs> I'm sure she works really hard when she does work but she she's not consistent she has different days and she talks about you don't need to be consistent your business needs to be consistent and that is the difference for neurotypical people and neurodiverse people is we need to make that distinction of, okay, I cannot be consistent. Can my business be consistent without me? And the answer is yes. I don't care what business you're in. I don't care if you are the one selling your time for money. You can be consistent in an inconsistent way. <laughs> and I'm going to explain that more, believe me. A lot of these neurotypical self-help books Rather than speak just about consistency, they also add in the secret sauce, which is persistence. And I think that's even more important than consistence. I'm going to trip over my words here. So persistence means you keep going no matter what. You keep trying no matter what. No one says that has to be every day in a row. It just means you keep getting back up and you keep going. And that is the difference. So I can be consistent Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I can fall off the horse Thursday and be off that horse for like three weeks if it's a really bad burnout. But as long as I wake up after them three weeks and I'm like, right, okay, fell off the horse and I'm back on it and I'm persistent. And I, the days that I can be consistent, I am. And the days that I'm not, I don't beat myself up about it because I know today I'm not going to be consistent. Today I'm not going to do my daily tasks that I need to tick off. But guess what? As soon as I'm feeling like I can, I know I'm going to do it again. And honestly, since I've been using this concept, I have got more done than I've ever gotten done. Trying to force my way through it. Now, don't get me wrong. I did manage to be consistent. I had a skincare business just before this one. And I was very consistent in it. I worked every single night and I got quite successful in it. And you know what? It was it was torture. It was a slog. I enjoyed the work. I enjoyed the success but it just is not sustainable at all for me. And who wants it to be? We are here to enjoy our lives and our businesses. So we work hard when we can. And when we can't, we don't. And we don't beat ourselves up about it because that's what slows you down. Please do read her book. We don't need to be consistent to be successful. We just have to look consistent. So a way to do that in my business is I batch content. So this week, this is a live I say live, it's not going to be live going up, but I'm recording this this week and it's going up on Friday because I've run out of batch content. And to be honest, I'm not going to batch any today either because I'm in the mood to just do one podcast. But I know roughly in my cycle, there's going to be a day in the next week or so 
where I'm going to be really pumped to do podcasts. And on that day, I'm going to try and do at least three more if I can, but I'm going to tell myself I'm doing three and then I'm covered for the rest of the month in content. And it looks really consistent. Every Friday, you're still getting a podcast out. And do you know what else I can do? I can go on Canva and I can make a story or something to advertise this podcast. And then I can set that up on a schedule as well to go out every Friday. So scheduling and batching are your friends. You can use emails. So you can do a load of emails up front and just schedule them out. There's a million things you can schedule. The only type of business that you can't do this with is in-person businesses. So products, shops, that type of thing. And in that way, you need to get help. And I don't mean like help as in a therapist, although I think we should all have a therapist. I just mean good staff. And you should, on the days you can work, get in there, get your hands dirty, make sure everyone knows what they're doing. You need really good support systems around you so that they know their job, they know how to do it. And also decide ahead of time what you will do on a good day and what you won't do. If you only have a couple of good days a week or two good weeks out of the month and the others you just limp through, I'm not saying don't work on those days. I'm just saying set it up so that you don't have to do as much work on those days. So say you own a shop and the most difficult tasks you've got to do is a stock take and reorder new stock and look at new designs or whatever it is. Make sure those good days you're packing those really important money-making activities in on those days. Don't spend half of your good day chatting to a customer that's regular. I'm trying to think of examples here of face-to-face things, but don't spend the day cleaning the shop. Like, that's not what you want to do on your best day. You want to do the really hard tasks that you hopefully still enjoy, but get them out the way on your good days and do like 10 of them. And then on your bad days, then you can do a little bit of cleaning. You can have a little chat with your customers. You can take it easy. So yeah, those are my top tips in staying consistent is batch, batch, batch as much as you can and schedule it out. On your good days, if you've got a physical business, you can spend those days booking in help. Do you need to book in someone to do clean? Do you need to book in an event? Do you need to? Those are the days you do all the really important stuff. The summary is we just have to look consistent outwardly and be persistent in giving ourselves grace and compassion, making it okay on our off days. And then also persistent in picking ourselves up and carrying on from exactly where we left off with no shame, carrying on and pushing forward as best you can as soon as you feel good again. Knowing yourself and knowing your business is your best tool. So you really just want to give it some thought. What are the activities? I think she said in one of her podcasts, Denise Duffield Thomas said, she said she does not answer emails and she also will have one focus. So if she's in the mood to do a certain topic or whatever, and then her staff put something else in front of her, she's like, no, I'm not doing that today. And she's got really strong boundaries. And that's another thing that can help you say, stay more consistent outwardly to the rest of the world is if you stick to what you're good at, you stay in your genius zone, your zone of genius, I think she calls it. And also Kendra Adachi calls it as well, your zone of genius. So you want to do what you're good at when you're feeling good and you want to do it well. 
And then on your off days, you can feel good knowing that you got that all out of the way. And another day is coming up the pike where you're going to feel good again and you're going to give it your all again. And you can just feel better and have a proper rest in between knowing that. So I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. It is a little bit more niche than usual, just because if you're not an entrepreneur, then maybe it doesn't fit as well with you. But as I say, you can adapt this to your home on those days where you're feeling good and you're in the home, do all them things that really, really need to get done. Do you need some renovation work done? Do you need to buy all the kids new uniforms? Do you need to put a new household system in place? Do you need to have a mega laundry day? What is it that would make the biggest difference in your home when you're feeling good that you can do straight away that isn't time wasting? Maybe it's booking a load of events or social things for you to do with your children that you want to get booked ahead of time book them all in in one day just have a master genius day in your home batch it and then guess what you don't have to think about it again a great way to look at this actually is meal prep batch all your food on the days you're feeling good and then when the days come when you feel like crap and you don't want to cook guess what you can bung something in the microwave because you've already cooked it i hope that's helped today i've really enjoyed talking about it consistency is key but you only have to look consistent Come and say hello to me over on Instagram. Come and say hi on Facebook. I've got the website going and I hope you all have a lovely weekend and I'll see you next week. Bye.